Hi everyone, we're Lana Mercedes and we are the Onion Peelers. We are also the proud owners of uh, the Breathing Space in the Barshes in Amsterdam. Uh, it's a growing community of Ashtanga practitioners. And if you're interested in seeing our course and class offerings, as well as upcoming workshops and trainings, check us out at www.thebreathingspace.nl. Thank you all for tuning in. It's been quite a while. Yeah. All right. Somehow it's been a few weeks. It has been. We have a teacher training that just started. and That's true. You've been on holiday. I've, I've been, been on holiday. Yeah. yeah. COVID has been around. <laughs> COVID has been around this whole time. Yes. So lots of going on, but really nice to be back. Yeah. So today we have a little bit of a... Well, we're planning to call it a mini-sode, but I have a feeling that it might become... <laughs> a regular episode. Like an epic. <laughs> so today we're going to discuss a question that one of our dear students and listener posed. And it's an interesting question. Yeah. Especially in uh, today's time with um, quarantine and all this stuff. Yeah. So... This question is from Marta, who now lives in Zurich. Thank you, Marta. We miss you so much. <laughs> so the question is, if you were isolated away from the society for a year, what would motivate you to keep practicing Ashtanga Yoga? What is it for you that makes it different from seated meditation or another physical practice? And I mention isolation because there are also reasons like the fact that you teach Ashtanga or that you have a community that keeps you accountable or because being a yogi might be a part of your identity now, etc. I'd like to hear your deepest <laughs> personal motivation for doing this practice every day. It would be also interesting to hear about your process, when during your practice you realize this deep motivation, and if you have moments of big doubts, and how you manage those. <laughs> oh boy, this is quite a big one. This is a big juicy onion. Yeah, definitely. Mercedes, are you ready? For what? Are you ready to peel this onion? To peel Marta's onion? <laughs> to peel Marta's onion. <laughs> I am super ready to. I'm ready and excited to yeah. peel Marta's onion. Yeah, this is a great question. Yeah. Okay. Should we just dig in? Let's do it. So let's just start with like her first question. Yes. And the first question, if we were away from society for you, if we were isol isolated away. Like we've been. <laughs> like we've been. Well, we were still. Well, it's not really. No. But let's say we lived in, in Antarctica. Or like a deserted island. Or maybe yeah. we're like in the, oh yeah, like we're in a spaceship. Yeah. For like a year. For me, it seems like that would be, well, a spaceship would be difficult because then you would be doing grand anti-gravity yoga <laughs> oh my god that'd be amazing maybe finally i can go upside down <laughs> i'm sure that current devasan is a lot easier in space <laughs> okay back to the question so sorry you were saying oh yeah it seems to me like that would be the ideal the ideal time to practice i mean i don't know for me for me it really it doesn't depend on the being isolated or not I, I feel like if you were isolated you would have much more 
even more time to yourself and I guess depending on what you're doing even more freedom in your head because you wouldn't have all of the like constant influx of information that kind of that we get bombarded with every day yeah so if you're isolated from that I mean that already helps with the mind being more steady so then I, I don't know and plus you know you probably get bored so then <laughs> practice would be wonderful um I feel like the the being isolated for me at least and I'm already a fairly isolated individual in the fact that I like to be home alone but um yeah that that doesn't really determine whether I would practice or not or, or wouldn't deter me from practice because I do practice for myself, not for the people. Well, I also do it for the people around me. Don't get me wrong, but uh, it is for myself, not not for someone else. Or yeah, I don't know. I guess it's yeah. I my mean, beginning of answering that question. I think I think I get it. Why she's asking? It's almost like. You know, if you're isolated and you have all the time in the world to chill, like why bothering kind of thing? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me personally, is it's because whether I have people around me or not, you know, practicing, it's really like the glue that keeps me together. Yeah. And I think especially if I be isolated, I mean, I can't look into the future if that ever would happen, but... Uh, I can imagine that I would <laughs> probably I would go crazy with my own thoughts as well. I feel like if anything, you know, it keeps you connected to yourself. So if you can't be connected to anyone around you because you're isolated, it gives you that sense of at least for me, it gives me that sense of connection. It gives me a sense of grounding. Absolutely. That's yeah, that's why I use the word glue. For me, I can get very easily fragmented. Yeah. kind of like my body's in one compartment my head is another my spirit is another and so it's kind of like bringing all those layers together I mean I don't know if I'd be like in a deserted island um, <laughs> chilling all the time maybe I would feel different but I think I would still yeah just like you say kind of long for that connection yeah. because indeed it's like a way of connecting to your deeper self yeah so I don't know, probably probably a few days chilling would be fun, but then eventually, you know, you. I think I would personally have that calling. Yeah, and I like that I do, uh, like many of us, I am a creature of habit, so I do like routine. So it's nice, especially if you're isolated away from everybody, to have that routine of... Exactly. And also if you have, like, the whole day available, oh what are you going to do? Yeah. You have 24 hours, at least spend you know, one, two hours practicing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but it is a good question because I think, you know, sometimes when we find it really difficult to bring ourselves to the mat, I think then accountability plays a big role. And accountability meaning like 
you know, your teacher will be wondering where you are or perhaps your peers, you know, you know that they're going to go and you're like, okay, and then they're going to miss me. Yeah. So I think when we struggle with bringing ourselves to the mat, yeah. that can be very useful. And I think if we are isolated, then we don't have that. Yeah. I, and, and Marta does mention in the question, and I mentioned isolation because there are also reasons like the fact that you teach Ashtanga or that you have a community that keeps you accountable or because being a yoga yeah. yogi is part of your identity now, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And like how much of that plays a role. Plays a role. I think, yeah. I think at times it does. I mean, for me personally, now I've gotten a lot better. I'm just like, just, just do it and see whatever is there. Yeah. But uh, definitely some days are a lot harder than others. I also don't feel like my identity as a yogi is related to my practice for some reason. I don't know why, but I realize that I do the practice of yoga. I do asana practice. I do seated meditation. And I use the practice as a movement meditation. But I don't think I've ever had that. That is not what makes me see myself as a yogi. I don't know if I see myself as a yogi. Funny that you say that. I... Um, I personally, I don't feel comfortable using the word yogi either. <laughs> I personally, I, I totally understand why Marta, darling, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. But, um, and also it's a word that gets thrown around a little yeah. bit too easy nowadays, but I don't think none of us are yogis. That's no. like saying we're priests. I think mm-hmm. we're like yoga practitioners and, and I don't know. I personally feel like yogi is a little bit, maybe like a too big word. Me. Or maybe we're just scared of the word Mercedes. I don't know. I mean, uh, I much rather you call me like a conscious person. Yeah, I would much rather that too. Which it, hey, I'm I'm not all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm barely a conscious person, conscious. but I'm trying to be conscious. Yeah, you know, good person, person that is working yeah. on themselves. Exactly. This, I, this kind liked, of thing. I've always liked the word. Or the term seeker, like somebody yeah. seeking something. Yeah, an explorer. An explorer of the great, vast field of consciousness. and Yeah. But fair enough. <clears throat> Let's call it yogi as well. I mean, um, yeah. Yeah, and being a teacher, I mean, I definitely feel the responsibility but to to practice, but I, I don't know. I think for me now, maybe because I've been teaching for a long time, that I feel more of a responsibility as a teacher in holding space and being connected to... Well, I mean, I guess uh, my practice allows me to do this, allows me to be grounded and connected. So, but it's not my practice itself, let's say, that is what I feel is necessary. Uh, Or no, I guess it would be the other way around. So I don't think that it's necessarily my identity as a teacher that keeps me practicing. I think maybe it used to be that way, especially on days where I didn't want to practice be like but you know it's your also your, your duty, duty yeah. you know um 
but I, I wouldn't say that now that feeling of needing to practice or yeah, needing to practice that that's necessarily connected to being a teacher I think the two are necessary. Like, I think if you are t teaching yoga, you need to practice. I was just about to say, I think, I think it is important. And I think if you're a teacher, you need to practice because that's your source of teaching. And also, in a way, if you want to hold the space and you want to be present, it's also a good way to yeah. Yeah, stay in tune. But would that be the only reason? Hopefully no. not. Because otherwise, why practicing in the first place? Yeah. Um, but I think it, it, it does play a little bit... Uh, yeah, a role. R right? Especially those days when you're like, oh my God, I cannot do this. And then you're like, come on. Yeah. Um, but I think also, for me personally, another reason <laughs> to practice is because I know shit gets more challenging when I don't, you know? Uh, so those days when... Uh, maybe it's a little bit harder to step on the mats then I just remind myself about that and how I like to be nice to the people that I love <laughs> <laughs> so then that comes to mind and, and in between yeah. there is my family my friends people in the Alberheim students yeah. um, so I think the people around you also play a, a little bit of a role in that oh definitely I think they definitely do It all puts things into perspective sometimes. Yeah. Because we're not isolated. So. Most definitely we're not. Yeah, so then she goes on to, I would like to hear your deepest personal motivation for doing this practice every day. Yeah, and she also mentions above that, what is it for you that makes it different from seated meditation mm -hmm. or another physical practice? Okay, so let's start with this. Before we talk about our deepest, darkest. <laughs> our most personal motivation. Uh, yeah, I think it's just that. That I know life will be more challenging when I don't. Yeah. I, I, I know I don't feel well if I don't. I don't feel well physically and I don't feel well... I mean, granted... Sometimes when I practice, my body like just hurts the entire time I practice and then hurts afterwards. But I don't know. That, uh, obviously, it's not just that the things that are happening on the physical level. Like on my energetic level, I, I think of all, of all things why I practice is energetically, it kind of like cleans everything out and sets everything straight whether my body is having a good or a bad day exactly yeah. i know that energetic like energetically there's something that happens yeah that i know if i don't practice that i will not feel well yeah for me it's really going into these fragmented thing exactly i'm like i'm not collected i don't know how to explain like, if i yeah. if i don't practice i mean of course hello first of all i personally normally practice normally five days yeah not six but you know some weeks maybe you have the three-day break whatever yeah and you know if there's like an extra day just on the fourth day i can already start to feel 
Yeah. The creepy The crawlers. darkness <laughs> creeping in. <laughs> and I'm like, oi, 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 oi. And get yourself yeah. on that mat. So, um, yeah, for me, I think my deepest personal motivation is because, yeah, without it, I'm just getting a little lost. And also not really living, um, yeah, I don't want to say up to my fullest potential, but in a way, yeah, just shit gets harder. Yeah, shit gets harder. I think too, I I mean, <clears throat> I am a... Ta- <laughs> Biku, why do you practice? Why do you practice? <laughs> oh, he loves practicing. Um, I know that I, I am attached to this physical body. And as, as much as I've gone through like moments of grieving over like changes in my physical self and, and I still think that I am in a grieving process or continue to grieve in some ways for things that get lost or uh, pains that stay around mm-hmm. or whatever that um, I am attached to the physical movement. I am, uh, I know that I love moving. Yeah. And I love moving in the way that we do in practice. I think if I hear you, you're saying you love to move in a conscious way. Yeah, with my breath and to feel, even if my body doesn't feel good, to have the time to feel. Yeah. To feel all the aches and pains, to feel kind of the state that I'm in. Yeah. Whether I like it in that moment or not, I I need that check-in with my physical self. And uh, and you know, it's not just the check-in of the physical self. It goes beyond that. But if of if course. I'm just looking at that, like yeah, I do feel like I I need that because even if I, you know. On vacation, I practice not that much, but I think I practice like three times a week, and often on just short, short practices. Um, and then, of course, you have on other days just sitting meditation practice. But I, I, I don't know. I I also feel that desire in me to to move and to be connected to. My physical, my physicality. I think that's really important. For yeah, me. that is such a good point. I very often wonder because I know loads of people that don't do much physically, whether if it's uh, I don't know running, yoga, or going to the gym. And I'm like, how do you move through life? Yeah. Like, how does your body feel? Yeah. Because. Indeed, it's like after a few days, if you're not really moving in that sense, you can start to feel the aches and pains creeping in. And if you think about it, you know, we were given this meat suit <laughs> um, so that our soul can experience life, basically, right? And yeah. and it's almost like, uh, so this, I mean, uh, okay, it sounds cheesy, like, my body is the temple. <laughs> But it really is. It's, it's like when you come home and your home is like totally messy and dirty. Can you just relax and be happy in there? No. Yeah. So your body in a way also needs to keep tuning so that you can walk through life in a way that feels comfortable. 
even if you are not like saying enjoy movement so much, but how can you tune your instruments if you are just neglecting it? Yeah, I think too, because we both grew up moving a lot. Like it, yeah. I think back to my earliest memories, moving constantly, doing some form of physical activity, running around, constantly active, and then starting intensive dancing. Yeah. You had the same. So we're also used to being in our Having body that in connection. that way. Yeah, from very young, I think you, if you already have that, that, that carries with you. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I wonder if maybe people that didn't have kind of this upbringing, if they feel otherwise. I don't know, because yeah. you're not I only remember else. this life. <laughs> <laughs> Mercedes, you only remember this life? <laughs> I only remember this life. Um, but yeah, definitely the physical part uh, plays a big role. Okay, and then... Um, oh, yeah, well, she did ask, like I mentioned, uh, what makes it different from seated meditation or another physical practice? And I would say that they're different. Like, the things that I encounter in my asana practice are different than what I encounter in my seated meditation practice. <laughs> Cats are going crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, hey. Uh, not on the hey. sofa. Hey, me soon. Hey. Oh, die, die. <laughs> um. Yeah, like the thing. I think the things, the challenges, and the mind stuff that comes up because of physical practice is not the same as I encounter in seated meditation. I think because a lot of things we carry in our body mm-hmm. and <laughs> oh, uh, the, I think that there are a lot of um, psychosomatic patterns that... <laughs> I thought you said like psycho habits uh, psycho, oh psycho habits there's definitely no. many psycho habits <laughs> I think there's a lot of uh, psychosomatic patterns uh, that get stuck in the body so psychological uh, where it's I don't know imprints or traumas or emotions, emotions yeah um, that those things can get stuck in the physical body and that that is often what arises in a more intense way for me on the mat than on the meditation cushion. The meditation cushion, I don't know, is a different, well, I, yeah, I have different experiences, uh, a th- different things that I struggle with. I agree. Seated practice. Um, I often also find that sometimes my concentration is much better in my physical practice than in my just seated mm-hmm. practice. I think I think also they're very powerful working together. Like yeah. they complement one another. Yeah. Even though I know there's amazing meditation teachers that perhaps they don't do a physical practice. Yeah. So I'm not saying that it cannot be done without each other. But I think they enhance one another very much. Yeah. And, and just like you said, I mean, if our connective tissue would talk, I mean, 
I wonder the weird stories that <laughs> it would tell us. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like you need to have that friction and, and it's almost like you need to cook yourself so that then you can <laughs> sit and chill. Not chill, but then, I don't know, it's almost, to me, I, I experience it more like physical practice, even though, of course, it has a lot of, it's a big mental thing. It's it's also very tangible. Yeah. And meditation, to me, is more like expansive yeah. and subtle. Yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely yeah, agree with you. Too. So it's almost like you need one another to get the full 360 degrees of exploration. Yeah. yeah. That's the way I experience it. That this is, is totally coming from my own experience. That's also the way I experience it. I think that there are also people out there that don't need physical practice. Absolutely. And, and yeah. And vice versa. But Well, I don't know. See, I think everybody needs seated meditation practice. But And I mean, some kind of movements, like yeah. walking and stretching before you sit down, can be very beneficial. I don't know if you're just sitting like a blob all day, if it's really mm-hmm. healthy. Like, I'm sure... Because also, if you're going to be sitting down and you, you need your back to be straight, you also need to be able to support yourself. Yeah. So I guess a l- maybe in different percentages, but a little bit of movement needs to support that. Um, and then why is this physical practice different to you than something else? Yeah, good question. Because, I mean, I, I have practiced... Um, yoga for much longer than I have practiced uh, Ashtanga yoga and I think to me to me, to me, to me it comes down, first of all uh, I love that the breath is in the center of this practice I think it's like the most amazing entryway to this um, path of self-exploration on the mat and also I just find it super useful, like the sequences, you know, having these templates to work with, it makes sense, it feels good. And even though that, you know, sometimes people can think of Ashtanga as being a very rigid system, there is so much playroom, yeah. uh, space to play around with, you know, whether you have a longer or shorter practice, vinyasa, no vinyasa, and, and so on. Um, it's just it's just really useful. It's also because the person that I am, I mean, I love going to a restaurant and not having to choose a meal. I like all this kind of stuff. So uh, I remember way before I started practicing Ashtanga yoga, I was always like, oh, what do I practice today? Like, I don't know. You know, you, you kind of have an idea, but it's, um, I don't know. I just find it a lot stronger when you have a set sequence and you know that's what you're going to work with. Yeah, I just find it really useful. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think also what makes this this physical practice different is the physical practice of just the asana versus like dance, for instance. <laughs> yes. And for me, or going for a run or mm. some other kind of physical activity, for me, like this is because this practice is more than just yeah. A physical thing I think it has all of those it has all of the has all of the components it has all the ingredients but, and I think too 
it is the moving with your breath. Yeah. It's it's that whole kind of love affair with your moving your body and your breath together and focusing your mind. That that I've never had. Well, I mean, when I of course, gram technique is very focused on mm-hmm. your breath, yeah. using your breath, and you have to be very focused. But I don't. Um, dance was never an, a way of exploring myself. No, it, it, it's more it, outward, right? You are expressing a form. Yeah, exactly. As opposed to understanding what the form is doing to you yes yeah i agree and if you do probably it's in a negative way because that's the way we are conditioned as ballet dancers right to always be better yeah always look for a better form yeah so if anything i think it's not a tool for self-exploration it's more a tool for self-flagellation yeah yeah that's a very good point it's um I mean, I don't know, but I don't know any other practice that is so three-dimensional. Yeah. And I, I have friends that... Uh, I used to run with my sister and uh, and on my own as well. The cats are playing. This is his new toy. He wants you to throw it for him. Oh, my God. That's like the, the bread thingy. Yeah. Don't, oh, my God. He shouldn't swallow it. He won't swallow it. Go. Get it. Um, uh, so I have people that uh, as friends that run and they see running as a form of meditation that they can get into this very meditative zone when they run but I never experienced that when I was running I, I really enjoyed it mm. and I enjoyed it as a way of connecting with my sister we, yeah it was really nice to have that time with her and to be in nature to be outside um, just like I love hiking mm. and I think that hiking can have the same because in hiking I feel connected to nature things around me uh, it is a physical activity and then I can get into a very contemplative headspace so I think that if I had mountains around me and was able to hike I think that I would definitely like sacrifice some days of practice to go hike in the nature like then then i feel like it's the same thing yeah connecting with nature is amazing but indeed i think there's something also very special about the whole vinyasa components like the placement the very specific placement like you can do trikonasana and not breathe and you can do trikonasana breathe and not doing within the vinyasa pattern. Yeah. But I feel when you really are practicing to the order of the sequence, the order of the breath, the placement of the body, the placement of everything, there's like this, I don't know, synergy, like this fusion of everything that is just so, wow, special. Yeah. I don't know, I feel... That's also very, very interesting in this practice. That's the moment when you touch your earlobe and you're like, <laughs> synergy. Transforming synergy. <laughs> I don't know if our listeners are also from the 80s. 
we wonder if you know what we're talking about. We are the misfits, the misfits. <laughs> no, but uh, in all reality, right? Those days when you're like on the vinyasa account, on the breath, and everything is moving fluid. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a beautiful experience. It is. Again, you were talking about the, the energetic component, and I feel yeah. like the energetic container is... Yeah. Brewing 100% as opposed to trying to get some bubbles at the bottom. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Um, yeah, so to close off. Yeah, then she's asking if, um, if we have any moments of big doubt. Yeah. <laughs> Oh dear. No, you, of course not. Like every 30 seconds? Yeah. No. <laughs> yes. Yes. Big time. Constantly. Oh my God. So many times. Uh, yeah. I, I think Marta means uh, moments of doubt with the practice, right? Or, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. I think otherwise. <laughs> I mean, otherwise, moments yeah, we're all, I'm also doubting in, in everything else. But um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, big time, big time. But um, somehow, yeah, how you manage those, you just keep going. Yeah. I, I mean, it, this is when faith plays a big part. And not like blind faith, but kind of like keep going and have faith that you will know. Yeah. That the answer will show up in some form or shape. Yeah. As opposed to, oh, I'm going to take a break because I'm having doubts and I don't know. Because also, the only way that you know is by doing, doing. it, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like anything. I think, I think avoidance is never the answer, personally. No. And I think, yeah, just like what you said, doing is the... Doing is the only way to know. And then, and sometimes those periods of doubt last for a long time. Mm-hmm. But you, I don't know, whenever, whenever I, yeah, I think it, you're right. It is this faith, shraddha, this thing that even if I don't know, I know that if I am open and available to the experience of the moment that some piece of the puzzle will we'll click into place absolutely even if i can't quite see it yet yeah and i think too because the practice is not is not a static thing it's a dynamic thing it's evolving constantly within yourself from day to day through the years but it's not this one rigid Um, kind of container we don't always have to practice the same way and I think that maybe newer practitioners don't realize this that that there there are ways of um, having the practice having the practice work for you as opposed to just trying to stuff yourself into the shape of the practice. Am I making sense? Like, of course, okay, yeah. I'm practicing primary series, so 
I have to do it this way with all of the vinyasas in between every day, six days a week, from uh, sun salutations to the last three closing postures and everything in between. And uh, I think that, yeah, that's not... That's not the way that's... That's also not the way that it was intended, mm-hmm. I personally believe. Yeah. Right? That's also why Patavi Joyce called it the research center. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, there's not one way to do things. But indeed, it's... I, I find it very sad when people have this approach. Because they're just missing on a huge opportunity to... Yeah. To be open to what is there. Yeah. Yeah, so this is a very good point. We actually did a podcast a few, a couple of months ago on this. Yeah. So look back at uh, the earlier episodes if this is a theme that is um, interesting to you. Yeah. Biko, you're going crazy with that thing. (laughs) All right. Anything else that you would like to add? Marta, we miss you. Yeah, Marta, we do miss you. Come and visit us sometime. How is Buja Pindasana going? <laughs> <laughs> okay, then I guess um, it's kind of like a medium sode. It's not a mini sode, yeah. it's not a full episode, it's kind of in between. But yeah. that was fun. So if any other listeners out there have questions please do email us because we find it really interesting and we love just pretty much to chat about anything yeah and you can always um send us a question if you have a question or something or topic that you'd like to hear discussed uh, on the air uh we are open to hearing your suggestions also if you want to drop a line or uh give us a shout out on Instagram or one of those social media channels and let us know what it is that uh, keeps you practicing and uh, do you have doubts do you what is your motivation or are you curious about starting we'd love to hear from you also if you have a moment to spare it would be of great help to us if you could please leave us a review on iTunes yes that way other people can find us and can hear the cats playing in the background. (laughs) Fantastic. All right, everyone, be well, be safe, and you'll hear from us soon, hopefully. Yes. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye.